calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of the IGN UK podcast is brought to you by Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age, a huge RPG which we've called a perfect excuse to experience an awesome game in a whole new way. Out July 11th on PlayStation 4. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. My name is Joe Scrabbles. I'm joined by Alicia Judge. Hello. And Dale Driver. Greetings. Dale comes this week with the biggest game in human history. I don't think I've ever seen a bigger font on our running order. <laughs> wow. I've you done know. bigger and redder than that before. Whoa. The font is nothing compared to the size of the game, let me I know. tell you. Um, really? Dale's, no. really been, <laughs> Dale's been teasing it all morning. He's really getting us in the mood I, for the big game. Everything else, everything, all, everything past his prelude, as the immortal bard once yeah. said. I don't know if it was him. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's dead, so he's not immortal. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so uh, Dale's huge game is coming later. Yeah, I definitely didn't think of it 10 minutes ago. No, absolutely no. not. Let's start <laughs> off by talking about Spider-Man, which Spider I believe Alicia wanted to talk about. Oh, it's so good. We all went to see Spider-Man Homecoming, um, and I think we can all safely say that we all quite liked it. I think it might be the best Marvel movie. Mm. It's definitely, for me, the best Spider-Man movie. Oh, absolutely. Uh, although I had, when I came out, I wasn't like 100% sure I said, I need to sit with this for a day or two just to, you know, I don't want to make snap judgment. But now thinking back now, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Best Spider-Man film. A lot yeah. of people have much more fondness for Spider-Man 2 than I knew. Well, I, I really like Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Spider-Man because... That was Spider-Man 2. Spider 2. <laughs> oh, That's the amazing yeah. Spider-Man oh, 2. I thought, I thought when we said Spider-Man 2, we were talking about the second iteration. Okay, no, I that's see. fair. Right. No, that's fair. You're talking about... Actual Spider-Man the two Spider-Man with the Two octopus. with Doc Ock. Doc Ock. He's well, yeah, okay. People, I, I, can't I think that's that. a really good film. I think it's good. Yeah, I'm surprised people think it's as good as it is. I think that's a lot of that uh, nostalgia and rose tinted glasses. It is right. It's, it must it, be. It is really long. I remember that last it? time I watched it recently. It's like it feels longer than a Spider-Man film should be, and mm. it's got that whole second mm. act where he ditches his suit. Di no, he ditches his powers, doesn't he? he? Doesn't he loses his powers for a bit? Oh god! And that goes on for quite a while. Yeah, but I still remember it so fondly and remember thinking it was great, so. Yeah. I think what's so brilliant about Spider-Man Homecoming is that 
ostensibly it's not a, like a an origin story it's he's already got his powers mm-hmm. all of that has happened off screen he's had the uncle ben the spider bite everything and so it should be spider-man in full swing but it's hey. but it's not hey. Hey. but not because he's in manhattan and there's no buildings to swing from. he's in queens not manhattan, Is it manhattan? Yeah. Ah, queens. manhattan's yeah. the famous place for spider-man to be ah. um, well so this is this is exactly it this like is the problem. i don't want to say too much nah, yeah, there's lots of things i want to say well, but aren't and that aren't spoilers but are nice things that i enjoyed not knowing about before going in oh definitely and like, i don't i don't but i don't think it's spoilery to say that this isn't so much the we always talk with spider-man about that iconic quote with great power comes yeah, great yeah, yeah. responsibility and normally a spider-man movie the first installment focuses on the power and how he gets them actually this part of the origin story is focuses on the latter part of that sentence on the responsibility and how he comes to terms with being spider-man and, and what that means and like yeah tony stark very much fills in that surrogate dad figure who's uncle constantly the, the telling ben him role. off he is yeah. the uncle ben mm, He's the yeah. big rice man <laughs> and, but the, so the, the my big like overarching sort of slightly reductive observation about spider-man homecoming is it's the first marvel film i can remember for a while where all the major action scenes are about saving people not fighting people yeah like that's a good point like yeah. most yeah. almost every exciting moment is spider-man going shit something bad's happening and often yeah. it's my fault yeah. and then going and trying to like stop the bad thing from happening it's yeah. nothing to do with like the bad guy's gonna kind of punch someone so i gotta punch him first yeah. which is always marvel so it's it's nice to watch a hero being a hero yeah and i think that that really picks up on why spider-man spider-man is one of the most popular heroes mm. in comic book history and it's kind of because you have this identity you can identify with him he's this young kid who is just trying to balance all these crazy things in his life he's trying to balance his moral obligations to uh, saving people around the city and also balance like his responsibilities to the Daily Bugle and to school and his girlfriend and Aunt May and the legacy of an uncle that died for mm. him. This whole idea of like power and responsibility and he's, he's just being torn through all these different well, aspects that, of his life. That's a desire he has to be an Avenger. That's exactly well. it. Like yeah. the ma- one of the major things in this is that they can get away with because he's a school student, not a college student, is he's got that real like teenage kind of weird bravado that he doesn't deserve yet like he really thinks he's like big papa and (laughs) he fucking isn't like he constantly gets told you're not as good as you think you are which is a very teenage thing it's absolutely true as well he like bumbles his way through a lot of success you know like he manages to achieve these great moments but he's always sort of tripping and falling through them and i thought that's a great element to his character yeah i just i like the fact that this version of Spider-Man more than any other, I think reflects in his physicality, that aspect of his character of just being torn and like mm. flipping through, through every, like Spider-Man as a character spins webs and tries to stick things together. And like, there's this beautiful scene that's in the trailer where he's literally almost crucified trying to hold together. Which is ripped wholesale from Spider-Man too. Yeah. (laughs) Which is really weird. But it's like, it's this really beautiful moment where physically you see the whole metaphor of what he's going through emotionally of just trying to hold all these pieces of his life together. And it's writ large within his superpower. Yeah. Um, And that's something, there's something really identifiable and lovely about that aspect of Spider-Man's character compared to say Thor who's just a god who swings around a hammer like 
there's, what can you say about that? On the other hand, from your beautifully wrought metaphors, <laughs> Tom Holland's really funny. Yeah. He is really funny. Say, yeah. he's, he's, he is really funny. Like, it's a very good comedy film yeah. at times, as well as being a great Absolutely. Marvel movie, which is... I can't, you kind of expect it. You expect to laugh at Spider-Man, mm. but I wasn't expecting the whole cast to be as funny yeah. as it was. Like, I mean, he, very Tom Holland good. is just a super charming guy. He's Even amazing. like out of character, like when you just see drunk interviews with him and things like that, he's just I constantly watched, charming. Like, I watched 20 minutes of him just getting ripped yesterday doing all his gymnastics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was watching, it was so we, nice. We did a, a junket with him where we had him build, like basically we had some Lego and we made him act out like this, the bank heist scene. Mm. And I think like, he was just so charming because you go in and you say, hey, uh, so, right, all those serious questions. And so, okay, actually, can you just like have some Lego and play with it, please? Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, great, Lego. Oh, I love Lego. Right, um, <laughs> fantastic. Put it up. He was like, okay, cool. I looked down this landscape. Hi, guys, I'm Tom Holland. And he just did like this huge, perfect, amazing, yeah. like in one take, like, and was so, so lovely and charming about it. And he had a staffy dog. Oh, oh yeah. He apparently he takes his dog everywhere. Yeah, she was gorgeous. She seems legit. Very distracting. Well, he's obviously, he's quite new to the business. Give him like 10 years of being jaded and bitter and I'm sure he'll be all right. This is something that I was reading about Tom Holland uh, in one of his interviews. He was saying that he's finding it really hard because he keeps going to all these interviews and junkets and stuff and people are just like, Tom Holland's amazing. And they go up to him and they're like, you are the nicest man and you're such a talented actor and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, this is really hard because he's like... (laughs) I don't want this to go to my head. Mm. He's like, when enough people tell you that, he's like, I think that's part of the reason why he takes his dog and his brother like is now one of his basically like personal assistants and follows him everywhere. I saw a video with who I assume is his brother because he looks exactly yeah. the fucking same. Yeah, so his brother almost looks after the dog and stuff. And then every now and again, basically punches Tom on the arm and says, hey, like, He reminds bro, him where he comes from. Keep, yeah. <laughs> like a pop star. Keep your head level. What's that guy called in pop star? The guy who reminds him of um, yeah. the... Oh, is it the perspective manipulator? No, that's the guy who's oh, no, that's tall, his little smaller guy. than him that stands Oh, what is he called? There's somebody, but he's got on pop star, he's got one of his entourages, a guy that just punches him every now and again to remind him where he comes from. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that. Exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> but he is ridiculously talented. And like in Spider-Man Homecoming, there is light and shade. Like there's points where it gets, I think which, which people haven't really been talking about, but it does get fairly dark at points. There's yeah. one bit where he makes this one noise. noise. Yes, that's yeah. exactly really the bit that I was thinking of. tore me up. It was really strange. Because he goes from like, so happy. And you're like, oh, this guy's great. And he's so excited to be a superhero. And then that noise that he makes, and it's so raw. Mm, yeah. And you're like, oh, I just want to hug you. So having seen him as <clears throat> Spider-Man, what do you think about him being young Nathan Drake? Yeah, really up for it. Yeah? Really up for I, it. I think he is going to be great. I just, I want to know what this story is. Oh, first, yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah. Movies aside, like, that could be anything. Like, but, young Indiana Jones wasn't all that great. Of course. Yeah. Like, so, and that's that's the only point yeah. of comparison I can think of. I want of. to know is he going to be Nathan Drake in the traditional sense, or is he going to be a young version of Nathan Drake, like in Uncharted 4, mm. like when he was younger, where he's not actually, he's not rope swinging things and shooting people in the face. Well, that's why, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I want him to be like a little gad about thief prick. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what Nathan Drake should be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like in, in Uncharted 4, in those flashback scenes, like there is a real uncertainty and youthfulness mm. and kind of just mm. wide-eyed innocence about that Nathan Drake, which I think Tom Holland will totally bring he, to the role. He definitely has that ropey parkour sort of sense yeah. going on as well with yeah. Spider-Man. He absolutely nailed that. Yeah. There was, there was a, an interesting point that Krupa made, which is that if Uncharted 
the first one was a good movie and it became a franchise. It's entirely possible that, like, four movies in, he'll be the same age as Nathan Drake was in the first Uncharted. Mm. And then you've got, like, an actual franchise that has followed... A, an actor who is Nathan Drake all That'd the way through their life. Awesome. Like boyhood for action movies. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sounds mad. Yeah. Cool. Spider-Man. It was Spider-Man, great. Was, Spider-Man very good. was good. On something else that we've watched, or at least two of us have, I don't know if Alicia's watched it, Glow on Netflix. Mm, Glow. I know of Glow. Gorgeous um, Ladies of Wrestling. I've read lots of, weirdly, I've read lots of op-eds about Glow, but not actually seen it myself. What are the three hottest takes you've seen <laughs> on Glow? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, talking about like, Feminism, lots of feminism mm. takes on Glow. Some people calling it an incredibly feminist, mm. uh, powerful series. Other people saying it is not that at all. What What do you know about Glow? Like, so I know that it's uh, women's wrestling. Am I right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Set in the eighties. Correct. Big yeah. hair got that incredibly beautiful woman from Mad Men as the Alison Brie. Alison Brie. Yeah. Is she in Mad Men? Yeah, she's yeah. Trudy. She, Trudy. I just think of her as from Community. And she's, and she's uh, Annie from uh, Community, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's kind of the top line. It was an amazing thing that as soon as the first, well, it all came out at the same time, but as soon as people watched the first episode, I saw two different sp- responses to it, like 45 minutes after it came out, which was one, uh, this is a really interesting sort of feminist viewed take on what was quite seemed like quite an exploitative program at the yeah. time. And mm-hmm. on the other hand, this is the first time Alison Breeze got her boobs out on screen. Mm. And I had no idea how to pass those things. And so I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> Straight down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Not leaning re- either way. It's a really weird show because we both watched it and both definitely enjoyed it. I yes. I I'm not particularly interested in wrestling, mm-hmm. although the wrestling was definitely the most interesting thing about the show. But that's it, that like doesn't you, say much for the show, Joe. But that's the well, that's the thing. Is yeah. it's it's an interesting sort of on the one hand, a very good, sort of quite well built look at how a tiny wrestling show becomes a thing on TV mm. and charting what it takes to get a load of nobodies to the point where they're ready to be on TV. Mm. And there's some liberties taken and some montage sequences where it's just like, by the way, you just kind of have to accept that they've all gotten really good at gymnastics suddenly. You're like, fair enough. Um, On the other hand, it's quite a straight down the line, not particularly inventive soap opera at Mm. the same time, which which is what wrestling is a lot of the time as well. But I sort of... There was one side of the show that I was definitely way more interested in than the other. Like, yeah. There were very good moments. Like you talked, there's a character called Sheila, who I is, love a, Sheila. is yeah. a woman who in real life identifies as a wolf. What? Yeah. yeah. What? Before she's a character on a wrestling show. She, she ident- thinks she's yeah. a wolf. She no, doesn't think she, she's she a wolf. She just identifies as one. What does that mean? Uh, so she's, you're being very reductive. So from what we can tell, so that's the thing. They never really, like, they... they they skirt around the issue and then they sort of tiptoe around it, but they never truly go into a backstory, but, which is one, really interesting, but two, really frustrating because I, w- I really liked her and I wanted yeah, to know more about her. Because she's a really good character and, yeah. and she appears to have like a deep personal struggle <clears throat> with being human. With being human. a wolf. Well, with I being human. Yeah, it's more like, like she's not comfortable in her own skin. It's, so a, it's like actively like... You know, it's... This is incredible. I'm not making any parallels. I don't know these situations, but it is on the same like sort of... It's implied to be on the same level as like being transgender. Like the idea that you don't feel like you are what you are. Okay. So she's not, not like, feeling at home in your skin. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But the, but the good thing is, at the start, she just seems like this, uh, she's a character there for laughs at an, like the expense of the freak in the corner. Yeah. And they are, they're all part of the wrestling show, but she's already like... She's, she's howling, already, scratching no, she's not her doing ear that. She's already <laughs> She's almost in a wrestling persona already, but she doesn't see it like that. And But everyone else thinks that she's already like invested into uh, her character. So because it's a really... She is definitely the most interesting character that yeah. never gets talked about. In yeah. fairness, gladiators in the 90s... Wolf was the most interesting character. <laughs> and he if definitely we're... identifies with Wolf. He absolutely yeah. did. Maybe this is the secret. Yeah. That's it. Uh, I thought, um, as a big wrestling fan, uh, it was really interesting because, I don't know if you know, it's actually like loosely based on a true story as well. So Glow was actually a TV yeah. show in the 80s. Uh, all the characters are all different. There's there's loose like references. I, re- I was going to say, like, like, I don't know enough about Glow. Like, are any of those based in reality? Uh, so there's element, like there was an evil Russian woman. Right. But she was, but it wasn't the same sort of person. She was a big lady and things like that. So it was completely different kind of characters. Uh, they've just more taken the idea of gorgeous ladies of wrestling, 80s TV show, no, bunch of nobodies who can't wrestle and they've just mm. got them all in and they're just quickly training them so that, that's basically it because if you're interested there's actually a documentary on Netflix about the real glow oh that's interesting I'd which, like to watch that which you said was the inspiration for the series so yeah apparently so it's made by the people uh, the two ladies I believe who made Origins of the New Black and when oh. you know that it becomes immediately obvious when you see the characterization of some some of the people but the uh, yeah so they watched that documentary and they'd never they weren't wrestling fans and they saw that and they were inspired to do a female led show about that but the documentary it's worth checking out if you want to see the differences as a documentary it's pretty poor I think well it's just not interesting it's just here's things that happened in sequence Mm. and it's never really goes into it they have all the wrestlers like that were not all of them but some of the wrestlers that were in Glow just talking about their experience of Glow and the reality was it wasn't that much for success. Like in the in the mm. in the TV show, they portray it to be like this huge success at the end. Do you think uh, do you they portray the first match to be a success? I suppose, yeah. I mean, it did run for quite a yeah. while this TV show, but it was never like a financial success or anything. No, like no, and no. Eventually, but got canned. I imagine yeah. if they get to a second series, that that will be the trajectory. I don't think they're ever yeah. going to characterize it as if it was, you know, no, the yeah, WWE. Sure, yeah. But they've definitely like changed a lot. Like, uh, there's a big storyline in Glow about. The producer who's financing all is a huge wrestling fan, and and he just he's got this indispensable income at the start that he's just like throwing out just to make this thing happen, a dream for mm. his happen. It's kind of different in the real world. Apparently, it was the director who was who was oh, that guy really? who was a financer, and it was a producer they had to get on board. Or something okay, like that. it was different sorts of people, but I still think they're really interesting stories. And yeah. uh, what's Mark Mark Marin Mark Marin? He's like the main director, the like the showrunner. I think he's absolutely brilliant. It, like, it is amazing that they found a role that at once feels authentic and is precisely who Mark Maron is in real life. <laughs> yeah. Like Mark Maron is not acting at all. If you've ever listened to his podcast, that is just yeah. Mark Maron on screen, except he's pretending he makes 80s schlock horror films. Yeah. Like it's mad. I love how like, it's, he's just covered in flaws nonstop. Oh, there's, a, like, there's a great example. There's one bit where he's just chatting to a woman. He's just been to the toilet and he, and he just comes out and she's chatting to him. And she's like, by the way, you got piss on your pants. And he just looks down and he's just got a little wet patch on his pants. There's like things like that happen to him all the time. He's just like... Always he's, falling out of the ring. Well, that's it. Uh, uh, one... <laughs> On the one hand, he's like incredibly cool and doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah. And he's just racked by neuroses on the other. He's <laughs> yeah. really fun to watch. Um, the other weird thing about this show for British people is that one of the wrestlers is Kate Nash. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, she what? plays a the, British girl the, in the, the, who's the, the, the pop star. Yeah. Yeah. She's in it. 
Just what? as Kate Nash, basically. <laughs> Side note, I'm going to a festival on Sunday and she's playing. Is she? Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. Are you going to just yell wrestling memes I'm going to try her? and sneak backstage and talk to her about glow instead. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to sneak backstage and uh, put her in, in a headlock. I can assure you that I've watched the wrestling on that show. It's not good wrestling. They that do not was, know a lot about wrestling. That genuinely was going to be one of my questions because, like, Dale, you're a massive wrestling yeah. fan and you, like, you know it inside out. Yeah. Like, Watching it from the perspective of knowing what it takes as an athlete to be good at it yeah. was that frustrating. Uh, it was. It was. There was. There was two parts to it. One, it was extremely frustrating because I was watching the way they were even doing basic things like clotheslines, and I was like, "This is piss poor." But also, it's kind of an accurate representation because Glow was not a good like right. athletic That's competition. What I was say, like- it was about. Over, it was the 80s where WWF had like Hulk Hogan and larger than life characters but it wasn't about the actual sport of wrestling it was more about right. the characterization. and Glow's very much like that they're all they've just learned like straight off the bat this is the first time they've ever learned they're all pretty pretty terrible like they get really excited about some of the like the simplest things but on the other side on the other hand I watch it with my girlfriend and she has zero interest in wrestling like in fact she visibly gets frustrated when I put wrestling on. <laughs> so uh, I managed to convince her to watch because I said, check out the trailer. And she thought, that looks actually quite cool. And she watched Orange is the New Black as well. She absolutely loved the show. And all the way through it was she was asking me, is that what they do in wrestling? Is that how that works? Oh, what's that move called? And things like that. She was actually getting nice. interested. So I liked the fact that it was simple because of that. It meant like anybody could enjoy the premise. They're very like, this is a snapmare. This is a lockup. Yeah. And they were going for the very like fundamentals and the basics. So it's not like bombarding someone who has no clue about wrestling with all these moves and they couldn't tell what's going on or anything like that. So The, the show glow does yeah. quite a good job of sort of presenting wrestling's negative elements which is it's like complete sexism yeah, and like course, very yeah. often racism yeah and subverting that to a certain extent like the show that they end up putting on is not the horrifying thing that it's implied to be when you first see yeah, it. yeah of course yeah was the actual glow like that or was it just really racist uh no it like, all wrestling in the 80s was like that but like, i mean but <laughs> as in was it subvert like in the show, when they subvert it, was it subverted in real life Not or was really. it just pretty racist? Oh, it's always. They'd have a like, good example is in like in the WWF in the 90s, they had a guy called Yokozuna and he was actually like Samoan. But they just, <laughs> but they just dressed him up in like Japanese clothes, brought him out in Japanese music yeah. because to them he looked Japanese. Well, yeah. just, there's a lot, there was a lot of that. It doesn't, it still happens a little bit today, but nowhere near as much. Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, that was, that was the time. I love the fact that it leans into the 80s though. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like the whole like, show does like the soundtrack, the visuals, even like the opening graphics. Yeah. It's very much like oh, the Stranger Things of 2017. Yeah, I was, I was about like, to say that. It's yeah, like, it does, Netflix it just leans really in, you know, it's like we're 80s, we're going to lean hard into this. And I really like that yeah. aspect of it. It's even shot slight in a, like, like a slightly 80s it has like a grain on the like screen a grain, yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. like it, there is an element of yeah. oh maybe I'm watching something from the time yeah. but obviously not and there, there is also that moment there's a great moment I'm not going to spoil it but I'm just going to dance around it but Joe will know what I'm talking about so the main guy the director Sam his name is he wants to make films he's a director he makes like, oh, slasher horror yeah. fix and he says he's got this one script that's like his dream script this is like magnum opus he talks like about that. it in about three or four episodes yeah, before he really wants to make it and he like kind of loosely skirted around what is what it's called and things like that. And part of the doing glow is he's going to be financed to make this film. Mm. And at one point later in the, uh, I think it's like episode seven, he's talking to these guys and he tells them the plot of the film. And they say it's like a film that's currently out of the cinema. I'm not going to say what a film is. It's so and it's, funny. <laughs> and the way it ties together and what the premise of that film is. And then something that happens to him later in the episode is the exact same of that premise of that film as well. 
I know this is really hard to understand right now, <laughs> but you have to see it. It's so well written. Like, I was okay. so impressed at how well that was put together. I actually yeah. genuinely might go check it out. It, it's been at the top of my Netflix for forever saying, you might like this, and it's, I've been it, ignoring it. It's not one of those shows where you won't know whether you're going to like it or not by the end of episode one. Absolutely. So yeah. if, you, okay. if you like it after episode one, it's that the whole time. It's, okay. if you it's don't, half don't an hour episode, sometimes yeah, like 22 too... minutes. Oh, so really? easy to watch. There's like 10 episodes. It's five hours of material. And I found it, I found it to be completely engaged. It was very much a binge watch. Yeah. Like it was very cool. easy to skip through. And it's just, yeah, it was, it was a great show, I thought. Uh, it, had, it, had, it wasn't perfect. It had some issues, but overall I thought it was really good. Cool. What's, what's your next TV show? You got one mm. planned. Yeah. No. Castlevania on Netflix came out today. Mm. It's apparently four episodes. I might just try oh, it. Oh, actually, four episodes. Oh, Game that. of Thrones starts next week, doesn't <gasps> it? Is it next week? Yeah. Oh, I was meant oh, to have caught so up by soon. now. Yeah. Where are you at, Joe? <laughs> Season four. Oh, that's way back. Well, still about I week. haven't watched any of it before a few months ago. So. Yeah, but what you should moving. do is still carry on on your trajectory of watching it. And then by the time you get to caught up, then you've still got that. You haven't, you're not delayed every week to yeah. watch an episode. Yeah, that's very that true. true. But yeah. you do work for IGN and there will be spoilers. No, I don't really care He's read that. the books already, though. Well, well, actually, we're past, no, past the books. Now, yeah, yeah, good point. So yeah. everything's new. Yeah. That's Glow and TV in general. We're done. Yeah. Segway <laughs> over. Uh, <laughs> just quickly... Uh, so you've been playing Zelda. You've not played Zelda. New. Although you did help me with my review. So you I know did. way more than most people. I've about seen a lot of Zelda. Zelda yes. The Master Trials DLC. <laughs> yeah. Which is really surprisingly good for quite for what sounded like quite a boring stopgap mm. before the story stuff. I'm not going to go into it too much because you should have already watched my review video. The day <laughs> you, can, you can still watch that video. You still can. Yeah. On IGN.com. It's very good. But I like the Master Trials in... Oh, sorry. The trial... It, itself the trial of the sword which is something you get after you get the master sword might actually be the best or one of the best quests in the whole game which i was not expecting right um so what is what is the trial of the sword is it spoilery to know what you've got to do no i don't think it is cool. so have you played eventide island in zelda no not so yet. i won't spoil that then because i actually people were very angry about me talking about it in the review which i thought was mad because it came out what, in march why are they watching that review i know if they haven't mad, even got to that bit of the game for the yet. dlc yeah um, there is a so well i can't, can't skirt around this Basically, if you don't want to know what I even tied... Spoiler, Klaxon, spoiler, Klaxon. I don't know how to approach this now. It's all right. I, what, I we think... can say, if you want zero spoilers for Breath of the Wild at all, maybe I'm going to put a timer in... yeah, for five idea. minutes right. on my clock. You can, come, you can literally come back in exactly five minutes from... Now, oh my god, this is right. Go, Joe, go. So, Eventide Island is the, was the best quest in Zelda, which is an island off the southeastern coast of Hyrule, and it takes quite a lot of work to get to. And once you get there, it takes away all your items, all your clothes, takes just everything off of you, wow. and turns off saving. And it says the only way you can get to the shrine on this island is to get three orbs into like these three holes set across the island, and you've just got to scavenge your way around. So it's you've, you're essentially having to apply everything you've learned about Zelda, but with none of the stuff you've earned. Are you Bear Grylls? You are <laughs> the Bear Grylls of Hyrule. Um, Eventide Island is amazing. Trial of the Sword is that, but gigantic. So it's 45 stages where you start each set of stages with nothing and then have to scavenge everything you can. That's and so get cool. and fight harder and harder stuff all the way through until a final level that is so fucking ridiculous um, that you just have to have scavenged everything. Like I was, I did it first time, obviously, but uh, <laughs> but it took me literally half an hour 
and it was and it was against like 15 16 enemies and i was like at the end having to run around on like one more hit would have killed me running around picking up weapons from the floor just being like God. fuck i got to kill him i don't know what to do <laughs> so if you had died um, you'd have to do all 45 again no so it's it's so after the first 10 you get a checkpoint right, after uh, the next yeah. 15 you get a checkpoint okay. but then the final section is 20 levels the hardest stuff and it took me about i would have lost like 2 hours progress oh damn i would have lost my mind yeah. um but it's so exciting like there's nothing else like it because it takes away all your divine beast powers as well, which is a massive thing at that point, especially if you're doing it right at the end yeah. of the game. To ha- not have the things you've been relying on for so long feels yeah. like such a... Uh, so reductive. Well, it's like that Metroid thing of like, it gives you all the powers at the start of the game and takes them all away. Yeah. Um, Very- it's got this like sense of like, just you have to know Zelda inside and out because it starts throwing like, five levels take, part, take place in a thunderstorm and suddenly you're like, I have to just throw away all my metal items or never use them because I'll get hit by lightning. Yep. And then you realize like, but then if I drop them, I can use them as like traps and get enemies to I run in when the lightning them. hits them. And all of this stuff, like it constantly gives you these little things where it's like, well, this is so much harder. How do I deal with this? Like there's a whole set of levels in the cold, but you don't have the clothing to withstand the cold. Mm-hmm. So you have to have, before you got there, either crafted enough uh, food to keep you warm or have enough weapons that have fire on them that keep That's you warm while so you're holding them. clever. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's so the good. The game design on Breath of the Wild is mad. It's so how does, that, how does that relate to the DLC? So essentially, once you've downloaded the DLC, when you have the Master Sword, you can just go back to where you got it from and the Deku Tree goes, stick your sword back in and you can start these trials. Uh. And so... I don't think you're meant to binge them in the way I had to because I was reviewing it. But the idea is essentially just like stick an hour in, see if you can complete it. But this is the brilliance of the Switch again, is that, you know, you can, even if it runs out of battery, it goes into sleep mode and saves your place. Mm. It doesn't save your game, but it saves your place. So there's no point at which you're freaking out because you're like, oh, well, I can't turn off the game until I'm done. Because you can't save at any point, but you could just press the power button and come back to it another time. Nice. So if you died straight afterwards, you still lose everything. But you're not in that freaked out mode where you're yeah. like, like basically I got halfway through the last set of trials and I was like, I have to go to bed. And I wasn't <laughs> like forcing myself to stay up. I was like, I'm going to go to bed. I'll just stick the yeah. power button, Or the walk classic off. thing yeah. of, you know, you're coming into work in the morning, you pull into your station and yeah. you're not like... God, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Such a great, uh, and it's just like it's just perfect. It's a perfect fit for that console again because Zelda's the best. Um, I have nothing else to say about it. We've got fifty-seven seconds left, so in that time, Spoil I'm going to say everything about the game. No. Well, <laughs> um, well what do you? Mm, I guess that's spoilery to ask. I have so many questions about the trial. I just don't know what's spoilery. Okay. Like, uh, well, how long? First of all. I would, would say you if, you, if you didn't in the, into all the DLC. Well, like oh, Breath of the Wild. Like. Um, so the trial itself, if you didn't die, I think would take you, a normal player would take about four hours. Okay. But I died a few times. I think it took me about six or seven in total, which is pretty good for like 10 pound DLC. Yeah. Um, then you've got these um, items, which like the items themselves are good sort of fan service to Zelda, but they don't offer you much in the way of extra bonuses and they're really boring to find. Like they send you on these crap treasure hunts, which sucks. This is the timer. 
Yeah. Welcome back, Yay! everybody. No Hi more spoilers. Friends. No Zelda spoilers. We're just talking about the DLC in general. We ran out of spoilers ages ago. <laughs> um, and so that's really dull. Uh, but it has this hard... And there's a couple of other items, like uh, there's a... Um, travel medallion which lets you place a save point anywhere in the world oh that's useful which is good but it's annoying that it wasn't in the game in the first place because it really should have been so yeah. the things from the DLC I haven't played Zelda so yeah. a lot of it didn't interest me in a massive way but that Hero's Path thing yeah. seems so cool and I it's wish amazing. that all open world games had something like yeah, that yeah playing so it it plays it plays you where you walked in the world along a path for the last 200 hours which is most people's whole game. So the uh, so just watching your entire journey play out across the map and seeing where you died and where you transported to is just really nice. Yeah. And, and playing it in fast forward is such a, a lovely cool thing. Idea. And as soon as I did it, I was like, fuck, there's a like massive landmass I've never been to. So that's yeah. the next thing I'm going to. Like it's given me more yeah, Zelda to play just because I missed it. The points, yeah, of the map that are still unexplored. So cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's such idea. a great thing. And then hard mode is an absolute <laughs> asshole, but like for anyone <laughs> yeah. who likes hard modes, it's incredible like every single enemy is leveled up one and there are new gold enemies and like all this mad stuff mm. it's really cool awesome I can't wait to get stuck into that it's genuinely. good uh, just quickly on another game Doom Fist <gasps> came what out. game is this from I begins with an O I think it's um, Overstrike the cancelled game that oh, yeah. became Fuse, <laughs> yeah. Fuse that was I, saw a, I saw a really good tweet the other day if you don't remember Overstrike it was a hero shooter in which you played sort of cartoony characters mm. and Insomniac cancelled it and changed it into a really boring gritty third person shooter yeah. and then Overwatch came out and <laughs> yeah. they must have been pissed um Overwatch released a new character, surprisingly, yesterday. So we found out about an hour and a half before it came out. Mm. Um, another news guy got a press release from Blizzard saying, like, this is happening soon. And all of us went insane. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was it was brilliant. It, I think the fact that it was just such an out-of-nowhere yeah. surprise. Like, nobody, like, we'd, everyone talks about Doomfist and likes the idea and knew it was probably coming but you were you were expecting more of a build up or something. Absolutely, like that. It literally just dropped it. Out I mean, of they, when they said they learned their lessons from uh, teasing Sombra for a month, yeah. they really have. Like yeah. between Arisa and uh, and Doomfist, just going like tease two days later, released on the PTR a week later, out in the game. That's like, the thing that annoys me the most, though. What the way? Because I don't play on the PC, yeah. so yeah. I'm seeing this gameplay footage of it, and I just like yeah. I really want to have a go on this. I've got to wait a week. It would be really fun to actually play the character when it first comes out in the PTL because when they're overpowered you can experience them overpowered mm. before they get nerfed well I played him this morning and let me tell you, you and let me tell you I am not overpowered with him <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Doomfist to explain is essentially a melee based character with one um, long range gun so he, he shoots shotgun shells out of his left hand which is mm -hmm. mad um, and they regenerate. He has so many abilities. So he has regenerating shotgun shells that don't do a great deal of damage, but they do enough to be scary if you hit with four. Um, he has an ability where... Well, no, so he's got, like, uh, a charging punch, an uppercut that sends people flying up oh, into the air, and a seismic punch where he lands, and if they're in, like, a mini earth shatter cone, they get pulled towards him so he can punch again. So the idea is he's comboing punches, mm. which yeah. is really cool. Um on top of that, he has a passive ability that every time he lands a punch, he gets 30 extra shields. I love that. That's and so the one. idea is that if you combo, you can get up to, I think, 400, I think it? it's something like 400 yeah. health 
So I think he can. I think he can get 150 more so health on top yeah. of his 250. By being offensive, he can build his defense yeah. as well. I think that's, that's really a, that's a really interesting yeah. tweak of yeah, how yeah. people would play. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how people start comboing with him. Because he's he's an off- offensive character. He's not a yeah. tank. No, he's, no he's not. Yeah. He's offense. So yeah, he's very much offense. So if you see him coming and he doesn't move around too much, you can batter him. Like, he'll die really, really quickly. Right. It's just he moves... So he's another Genji, essentially. He's got these moves oh, that send wow. him moving around quite a lot. He's not got double jump, but beyond, yeah. like, he's got a few moves that make him just very suddenly go somewhere else. So you're going to start seeing players very quickly using him as a mobility character. Because he can chain, hit like... His uppercut, he doesn't have to hit someone to fly into the air. Mm. So he can fly up and then charge. So he can actually like do big lateral moves in the air. Oh, don't, don't when you charge, you drop down with gravity though? Um, only a little bit. So you don't... Okay. You, over the, so if you jumped up and there was a ledge in front of you, you could charge and you'd land oh, on Oh, so ledge. I thought it'd be more like Tracer. Like if she's in the air, if you zipped, you'd still be on the floor. No, no, no. So oh, right. you can like properly move around. Okay, that's um, awesome. It's like an air dash then. Yeah, he really... Yeah. He does have that. Like it's not as mobile as that sounds, but yeah. it is... Like, it's on there. What do you think of his ult? Uh, His ult is... uh, It's hard to tell. So his ult is, you press press the ult button, and he jumps into the air and disappears. And then you get, um, essentially, like, in an RTS, like an orbital strike sort of... um, That's basically what what it is. What do you call it? Like a marker. Yeah. Like an AOE marker. That's so cool. And you move it around, and then you press it, and he drops down again. Like, it's very MOBA. sort of ish... Like a really advanced Farah ult, you know when she flies up above yeah. the battlefield and I can't, yeah, I see, rains justice I can from see above. That. Uh, but as he's landing, everyone can see that radius, hmm. so they can uh, get out. So it's got that um, May sort of thing where it's like so, you've got a, right. a second to get out. And I, I don't think that diameter is like very wide at it's all either. It seems tiny, and like I watched it actually in gameplay, it seems like really hard to catch like a couple of people in that. Like you can catch one quite easily, but getting a so couple of people, I think. Again, it's all about combos. So um, Rory was talking with his brother this morning. So it's got two radiuses. It's got a radius where it will definitely hit you, but it's got a central circle that's like extra damage. Like you'll just die if he lands on you. So uh, Rory's brother was talking to him this morning. Apparently a major YouTuber somewhere, I fucking know, um, put down a Zarya ult. Six people got in it. He set off a meteor strike, just landed on it. Uh, Team kill. That makes more sense. I love that though. Like You see these things on the surface and you're not sure how they work. work, And then all of a sudden it just takes a bit of experiment. That's the thing. You, You approach the powers I certainly do and I'm like oh okay well how can I use that and what am I gonna and it's from a very individual perspective but actually Mm. with Overwatch you've got to look at it as a wider big picture like okay how's that move going to lace into what my team are doing I always really enjoy when a new character comes is like working out how to play against them as well like how to deal with them well it completely shakes things up like one of the things with with Doomfist is how as this kind of melee character getting in super close he can also like bash straight through shields so if you've got like a setup with Reinhardt just send Doomfist in People are, some havoc. people are saying Reinhardt is now dead. Oh, like, shit. that's it for Reinhardt. There's no more. Because he's been powered down by so much stuff. <coughs> so many other characters are now able to deal with him. Yeah. Yeah. And now you've got this character who just ignores him. Yeah. Just like, fuck you, you're in a war. And that's a, great. A sense, like, essentially, Arissa, who was recently added, does what Reinhardt does, but with the added effect of having this massive a lot more gun mobility that means that well. a lot more mobility and able mm. to do long range attacks whereas that's why she's my girl yeah, yeah. she's great love Arissa Doomfist can't punch through orbs of discord though no he can't <laughs> so. as I found out to my cost this morning <laughs> oh really yeah um, well it was one of those things where last night when I was reading about it and watching footage and things I was just like 
I think they fucked this. I think this is well overpowered. He's got so many abilities. He can get stronger. As well, he can like combo to get more defense. Yeah. While he's doing more damage, I was like, "This is fucking bullshit." And then I played with him this morning. I was like, "Oh, you have to be good." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That's like Genji on That's paper. It. Genji's amazing, but if you're terrible, like, yeah. I mean, like I am, and like a lot of people. What, what yeah. is uh, Doom Fist's difficulty rating? Three. Okay. So he's right, he's so full he's, difficulty. Yeah, yeah, he's hard. Yeah, um, he's hard, mate. He's very he's very interesting. It's well and uh, also weirdly, on the PTR, he has no more. He has no items, no cosmetic stuff, which That's a lot weird. of people are going. Has he just been released early? Like, have they just gone, fuck it, we'll stick him out? Like, because they don't have something? Or? Like, it's very strange. How like, hard is it to make some skins and emotes there? Fuck it, come on, Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've done but it loads already. In the screenshots, he's definitely doing emotes. Yeah. And, like, there are posed things where he's standing with the other members of Talon and he's doing emotes. So it's, weird. it's around somewhere. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm excited to see as well. I know that you know we don't always focus on the story because it's not a massive part of the actual gameplay. You can perfectly enjoy Overwatch and never look into the wider universe. Mm. But I, mean, I you're do a really. Dork if you do yeah. that. <laughs> but I do. I really enjoy like Doom Fist as a character in how we were first introduced to him and that like first cinematic that just showed his gauntlet and people going, whoa, Doomfist! And like, how that's pulled this huge character out that it turns out is like part of the leadership of Talon. Yeah. And there's like... Well, he's the third Doomfist as well. Yeah. So. Like, there's a whole history there that I want to learn more about and mm. hopefully we'll get like an animated short or something for him that will His origin life. story, like, I don't... I think it was pretty rich calling it an origins video <laughs> yeah. because it was oh, just a it fight. Wasn't. But yeah. it But it's a very cool thing to like, again like change it up and yeah. have an a mini anime to yeah. just to introduce your character also fucking masterstroke from them because we'd already heard that he was coming out it, this didn't occur to me immediately but they released the trailer half an hour before they announced the character was out which is just like a massive wow. troll where they're like so they teased him and then it seemed like they'd done another tease so they just released this trailer and then half an hour they're like by the way, he's here. Yeah, that's amazing. Fuck you. <laughs> that's, like, that's such a funny thing to do. Oh, man. I also I, I have this clip from when Jeff was in our office that I put up last night. Oh, yeah, night, I saw that. Which is like... What? Filthy liar Jeff. Filthy lying Jeff, where he said <laughs> Doomfist was a figment of the player's imagination that they'd made up for themselves and that he was very proud of them. Fuck you, man. You yeah. were working on Doomfist back then. He gets away with it because he's got a beautiful smile. He does. Oh. He does. I love Jeff so much. Love Even when he lies directly. Directly to my face. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm hosting. Yes. Good. <laughs> well done us. Uh, right, we're going to play Dale's, uh, and this is his words, Dale's Huge Game. Oh my goodness, yeah. I just realised what that was. When it says Dale's Huge Game, I thought that meant that you'd been playing a really interesting game at home and you were going to come and tell us about your huge game, but you've made a huge game. No, you're you right. First up, it's called game. Crash Bandicoot. Let's talk about that. <laughs> no, no. No, I uh, I believe they were Joe's words. I think you'll notice there's a little minor neck. Just no, I wrote huge... that to take it away from your <laughs> yeah. boastfulness. So, on site, I think it was last week. So, yeah, I'd love to claim this game was original. It is not. But on site last week, I think it was Terry Schwartz did with Tom Holland a quiz. And I thought it would perfectly tie into today. But mm -hmm. I've made my own answers up because I've gone further. It was, are they a Spider-Man villain or are they a wrestler? Okay. And That's I've, good. Or I've added one extra element. Or are they both? As well. Fuck. There's a lot of crossover, let me say. That is good. <laughs> how, how well do you know the Spider-Man universe? Not that well. How well do you know the wrestling universe? Let, put it this way. Excellent. You're not going to know these wrestlers. You might know one or two of them, but they are very like, obscure wrestlers. 
Right. Johnny the Camel. Yes. I'm taking this as Damn seriously it. as I do. <laughs> Hedge fund. Here we go. All right. The first one. Is it a wrestler, a Spider-Man villain, or is it both? Okay. Are we collaborating or competing? Competing. Okay. The Yeti. Uh, That's both. Uh, Spider-Man villain. You are both wrong. It is a wrestler. Oh. A very poor wrestler in the WCW <laughs> in the 90s called the Yeti. So there's no WCW. scores for everyone. Second, Sandman. Oh, oh, that's a Spider-Man villain. Mm, just Spider-Man. You're both wrong. What? He's a both. wrestler as well as a Spider-Man oh. villain. He was in ECW. He was a guy who had a cane and smoked and drank beer. So when you could do that in arenas. That doesn't sound like anything to do with the Sandman at all. But he came out to Enter Sandman by Metallica. Oh, that's that, fucking that ridiculous. Did he even throw sand in his opponent's nope. eyes? He just wore like tracky bottoms, a t-shirt and had a Singapore cane. Did he have sandy coloured hair? Him up. <laughs> Look him up. Yeah, he sandman. did kind of. He okay. had blonde hair. Well, then that's forgivable. So you both got both wrong so far. Joe's going to look up the Sandman. Feel I'm free at sandman. home to Google Sandman ECW and see. Feel what... free to Google. <laughs> Thanks, Dale. Unless you're driving, of course. Be safe. So. <laughs> right. In that case, just Siri it. Have you got him up sandman yet? Or should we just go on to the next one? Oh, he looks like a dickhead. <laughs> He's oh, disgusting. Wow. He looks like the uncle you'd want to forget. He would often get drunk before he'd even got into the ring. Sounds like a delightful human. Mm. He's just a shit it a, Steve Austin. It was a, yeah, basically it was around that You're sort just of time. A shit Steve Austin. <laughs> it's a, it was a very different time. So next one, next one, right? Sorry, I apologize. Uh, Slow down your huge. Is game. it a wrestler, Spider-Man villain, or is it both? Freak. Both. Mm, just a wrestler. You're both wrong again. It Fuck was a Spider-Man off. villain. God damn it! That's so this game is impossible. So it's a Spider-Man villain who was the, apparently the alter ego of Happy Hogan in the Spider-Man comics. There is no way that's not a fucking wrestler. <laughs> I don't know any wrestler called Freak. Maybe there was at some point. Do they enter? To, I can be a freak. I can. I can be a freak. Was a just... Spider-Man villain, not wrestler. Oh, fine. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> hey, uh, next one. Doppelganger. Mm, both. Spider-Man villain. Alicia's got one. Yeah! Fuck off. Yeah. So he's a Spider-Man villain. Game. He was a Spider-Man duplicate with six arms. Ooh. Have a look at his picture. It's crazy. I'm not going to. Spiders right. have uh, eight arms. I, I didn't write the comics. So don't, <laughs> don't look at me like that. <laughs> uh, next one. Shockmaster. Oh, that's a Spider-Man villain. And I'm going to say a wrestler as well. Just a wrestler. Both. Joe, you are correct. Yeah, because the shocker is a Spider-Man. There you go. There we go. The Shockmaster was uh, a wrestler in the in the eighties. It was called Tugboat in WWF. He went Tugboat. He went to WCW, and he's there's a very infamous scene of him coming out, and he had a Stormtrooper's helmet on that was spray painted with glitter, and he burst through a wall, and his helmet fell off immediately. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) It's safe to say they didn't do much for that character afterwards. (laughs) That's good. Uh, Next one. This this is a tricky one. It's Starship Coyote. Starship Coyote. Yeah, that's just a wrestler. Um, uh, I have to go against Joe, so I'm going to say that that is just a villain. Joe gets it. Yes. So that was an early name for a wrestler that eventually became Razor Ramon or Scott Hall. You may have I heard know of Razor him. Ramon, but when he was young, a young pup, he was called Starship, Starship Coyote. Coyote. <laughs> what a terrible name! Yeah. Next up, Manta. Manta. Uh, How are we spelling that? And M-A-N-T-A-U-R. is it M-A-N-T-A-U-R. Both. Oh, Mantor. Mantor. Mantor, sorry. That's my accent. Both. 
Mantor is just a Spider-Man villain. They're both wrong. It was just a wrestler. He's a wrestler. Yeah, another terrible. Is he meant to be an opposite one. centaur? Yeah, he was like half man, half. But he didn't have all that. He so just he had, was a horse on top, he, but, <laughs> and a man on the bottom. That's the idea. But he absolutely wasn't that. He just wore like brown onesie thingy. That and have a Google it. Google I'm him. looking up Mantos. Yeah. <laughs> I want crazy. it to be like some sort of pantomime horse. I would watch a pantomime horse in a wrestling. He absolutely ring. wasn't anything like that. He was just some that's jobber it. guy Think who the moves wore, you could do. had stupid hair, stupid makeup, and things like that. From what I remember, anyway, it was in the eighties, a long time ago. Standing. Mantor Tumblr. <laughs> He's got a Tumblr. Oh shit. He's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to Google oh, this. At more home. than I could ever <laughs> have hoped for. Who was it? Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but there so are ones wow. where he was a cow oh, on yeah, the top. Yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. makeup is ama- He basically looks like if you've seen Black Swan, he looks <laughs> a bit like that, but buff. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Does he? Well, he doesn't look buff. <laughs> like, no, he's definitely not buff either. Yeah. Like, like, no, he's but, more like, wide than buff. Like, he's, he's husky. Yeah. Okay, next one. We've got three Mantor left. custom action figure. Yes, please. <laughs> Order it now on Amazon. Uh, next one. Carrion. Or Carrion. C-A-R-R-I-O-N. Carrion. That's both. Um, oh. Spider-Man villain. Lissy gets it. Yeah. Is it one of the symbiotes? Is all I've got wrote, written down here is a telepathic corpse. <laughs> <laughs> what? That was from Spider. I was just looking at Spider-Man villains. I saw it. And it said telepathic corpse. Is it basically corpse, Daniel sorry. Radcliffe in that movie where he plays a fucking corpse? But no. like... Corpse, but with telepathy. Okay, two left, and it's two all at this point. Fucking hell. Ooh. Mysterio. Oh, that's a Spider-Man villain. Well, <laughs> how loose are you being with this? Pretty loose. Both. Joe is correct. Yeah, because there's Rey Mysterio, right? Yeah, there's Rey Mysterio. There's also a couple of other Mysterios and wrestlers as well. And I did write both, technically, if if we're really breaking down. Exactly, technically. Uh, The last one, and Joe's winning three to two, is Terra Rising. Now, this is spelled T-E-R-R-A-R-Y-Z-I-N-G. Terra Rising. I mean, I'd like to say that that's a wrestler... Only, but I feel like this is a red herring. I'm going to say wrestler only. I'm going to go Spider-Man. Alicia, you get it. Yeah! Draw! Yeah. That is actually a rest- famous wrestler called Triple H. That was his original name. Terrorizing. His name was Terrorizing when he started. Well done. We've got a draw. Nice! Huge. No. Huge result I'm from the huge the game. The winner is round. everybody. Yay! Win- My uh, favourite winner. That was a great game. Well done. The both element was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that was Dale's huge game. Uh, a thing I want to say, actually, just because I remembered it, is I st- uh, started playing Goner on Switch this week, which is a, which is a game that Alicia translated into Spanish. I did. Did you play it in Spanish? I haven't yet. But also, it's a game with very little writing or words in it. <laughs> I know. So, it's great. It right. was very easy uh, to any, translate. Less impressed than I was. <laughs> that took me nine months to translate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was basically everything that I had to translate was essentially just the settings yeah. and uh, the menu and then the occasional little speech bubble. I will change it into that at some point but with the proviso that you're there to change it back. Because <laughs> I definitely won't know which settings to go to. Um, it's a good game. You should buy it. It's like £8 on Switch. 
And it's it's really cool. Hard as shit. It's really really <laughs> difficult, and it's got a really really interesting art style. Uh, the developer who makes it is a guy called Ditto, and he does these really really cool kind of hand drawn animation. It is beautiful. It's the world builds itself around you, which Ooh, I like a lot. Hello. It's awesome. Yeah. Hello. Feedback. <laughs> Feedback. I've got the first one. This is from Paul McGrath or Paul McGrath. Isn't that? I don't know how to pronounce it. A, a footballer it was or a, footballer. a Doctor Who? It was Aston Villa footballer, wasn't it? Paul McGrath. Or was it? Was it Aston Villa? Yeah, that sounds it, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Aston Villa footballer, IGN feedbacker, or both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Hello from Ireland. Uh, as someone who was curious where Alicia had gone, I was pleasantly surprised to find her in the last episode. Yeah. And as a human... Uh, like I, like I was hiding idea. under I, the table. He, he was looking and he found where her. Where is she? <laughs> uh, guys, I found her. I found her. Just Don't worry. Like episode. Uh, and as much as a huge Harry Potter fan, I was delighted to get, to get to sit listening to her nerd out about so much on the show. So I could ask you what you'd all like to nerd out about, but in order to avoid Gav banging on about Mad Men He's not here. again, <laughs> I'm curious what you would like to see each other passionately nerd Ooh, out that's about. that's very nice. That's yes. a really nice question. I fucking love Andy Serkis. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Everyone loves Andy yeah. Serkis. So I, what would you like to see someone else nerd out about? So I, Let's I, do it for us. I mm. love it when... Dale nerds out about Bioshock. Mm. Like mm. you, a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, like when I first started playing Bioshock, um, I'd just come in every morning and go up to Dale and be like, "I've got to this bit and this bit," and you'd be like so delighted, and you'd pull out like really cool trivia. When I got to Fontaine, you'd be like, "Oh, did you know that Fontaine did this, 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 yeah. and this?" And like the knowledge that you have of that world, it's like I'd totally I totally listen to you. Know I that played that. it a lot of times, and uh, yeah, big, big, big fan of that game as well. Uh, yeah, I would like to listen to Alicia nerd out about Lord of the Rings, but specifically with regard to trying to convince me that it is any, in any way worth reading. <laughs> You've never read Lord of the Rings? No, I started it and it's rubbish. Oh, I read it. it's not. It's, it's just detailed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be Tom good. Tom Bombadil, okay. See, I was yeah. Tom Bombadil. Terrible way to begin a book. Have you ever read, have you read those chapters? Yeah, of course you have. You I mean, chapters? I have, They're yeah. boring as they fuck, are. those they, chapters. They absolutely They made are. the best decision ever in the film, getting yeah. rid of all that crap. Yeah. No, they did. What? But what's, once you get past it. What's the Silmarillion like? The Silmarillion, I've actually only read the first half of. Um, Ab faker. Yeah, I <laughs> You're know. a faker. I do, I do feel like, I've read, Call I've read the core. And the the, the cool. Hobbit and everything, but yeah, the Silmarillion. Uh, I I lost interest. L O T R extended universe. Not into <laughs> yeah. it. I like to see Joe nerd out about Dynasty Warriors because yeah. he's the only person I've ever met in my life that actively loves Dynasty. I Warriors. I could tell you so much about the voice acting in Dynasty Warriors Three. <laughs> you get so excited oh, about it for a game I love which it so much. The, the, the general world seems to not really give a fuck about. Yeah, and they're idiots. <laughs> they don't understand the pure therapeutic power of killing a thousand people. It's I think, great. I think it's really good though, seeing when someone's so passionate about something, just yeah. hearing them talk about it. I honestly, I was talking about this because I, the guy I live with also loves Dynasty Warriors. It's just, it was, two meant, of you? it was meant to be. Um, <laughs> and yesterday he was really surprised that I could word for word and intonation for intonation recite certain funny bits of voice acting from <laughs> Dynasty Warriors 3 but it's because I watch compilations of it oh so much <laughs> specifically it's, 3 yeah because yeah. it's some of the worst voice acting oh. ever what is in your, games what is your favourite well there's a bit where um, 
oh shit, I've going to forget his name because I'm under pressure. I think he's called Zhang Jiao and he's the leader of the Yellow Turban Rebellion, obviously. Um, and Checks out there's, a bit, there's a bit where he stands on top of a mountain for no reason at all and goes, fools, you challenge me with trickery. I don't believe in magic. Onward! And just does that. And then it, the battle just continues. It's one of the best bits of voice acting I of mean, all time. Oh is, that, is that one of your perfect impressions? It's, that's the only thing I can do perfectly in my life. That, that is amazing. One of the few times I missed the video podcast for everybody being able to see your face while you're doing that. I had to look around. I had to really... Into, you know, go with Get it. Into character, yeah. I'll send it to you later. It's it one of the, the funniest it was things the way ever. You raised your arms. Slowly. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. Sang Jiao's amazing. No, and now cool. I'm terrified that I've really got his question. name wrong. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah. Well done. Oh, yeah, oh, it's you I've now. Got number two. Uh, this is from uh, Killian McDowell saying, Hi, guys, long time listener and lover of the UK podcast. Definitely the best IGM podcast in general. Oh, Woo-hoo. shit. Thank you. Any chance you guys could talk on how abysmal UK streaming services are compared to the US equivalent? I subscribe to Netflix and Funimation, both of which leave much to be desired when compared to the US versions. We pay the same money as someone in America, but are provided with less content and certainly lesser content. US Netflix will have a number of shows I would love to binge. First that comes to mind is The West Wing, and the UK Funimation doesn't have any of the Dragon Ball series that Funimation was basically built around. Hope you guys read this and give it a thought. Thanks. Killian, pronounced Kill Ian from Northern Ireland. Like Murphy. Just in case. <laughs> just in case. Just Highlighted in that, just in case. In fairness, I did read that before reading the email and was like, yeah. thank God, because I would have said Cillian, which then <laughs> yeah, just sounds yeah. like I'm insulting him. Yeah. It does a little bit. Uh, yeah, he's right. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else to say? We got no. fucked. It's a, I mean, it's obviously out of a lot of people's hands there. It's about licensing yeah. issues and stuff like that. Because there's been so many things where they've been on UK Netflix and they've had to be taken off because of I do license often, deals renowned. I do often wonder why licensing appears to be so much harder in Britain. But then I think about looking it up and realise that I have better things to do with, do with my time. There's also the thing I can think of off the top of my head is like Better Call Saul, for example, is shown on AMC in America, but mm. we have no carrier over here. Yep. So they show it on Netflix exclusively. Yes. Yeah. I don't think they have it on Netflix until after the show's run yeah. in the US. So I think it goes like yeah. tit for tat. I think like we get stuff that they don't get as it's well. Like, it's like with Handmaid's Tale being on Channel 4 mm. when it was on Hulu and them kind of going, oh, well, we need a carrier in the UK. And so that's it kind of works that's out. something that's flipped, like gone yeah. from streaming service. There are it. occasional mad things. Like I'm uh, at the risk of invoking someone else on this podcast. I'm watching all of Mad Men at the moment for the first time. <laughs> and um, it has... Everything from Mad Men up until the second half of season yeah, seven, someone, the final season. That's yeah, so strange. Which is the bit that so I've not watched the second half of right. uh, the the Mad Men final season, yeah. and I'm now so far out of it, and it's been years since I watched mm. the first half. That's mad. But I'm literally not going to go back. I will never see how the story ends because. Yeah. It it's doesn't bloody exist on yeah. Netflix. There's also the, one of my favourite comedy shows is Comedy Bang Bang, and over here we have three series of that and then the fourth and fifth series which both are on have never been on TV over here and all of the rest of it is there just aren't there and it doesn't make any sense to me why they wouldn't be it's just it's so weird like I can't see why the license would not allow two seasons yeah. of a show that never changed so network or anything or what? it's weird have you ever seen it where like there'll be a show on Netflix. So weirdly, I got this with Project Runway. Don't judge. But <laughs> I just it, said I watch a program called Comedy Bang Bang. So I think I'm all right. I, feel, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm judging a little more. But Project Runway, they only had uh, season 10 and 11. 
Like how random. That is Didn't weird. have one to nine and nothing passed. And like season 10 and 11 came out in like, like four years ago. So didn't have any of the recent. So yeah. it was like, why those two seasons That's in particular? So one, one big frustration for me is like, they used to have, I think pretty much the entirety of the US office on Netflix, on our UK Netflix. And then one day it just disappeared. Yeah, just gone. And then when I was in LA, I had Netflix on my TV in my room and I put it on, got the whole uh, US office. So I was just like, I'm going to indulge in this while I'm here. Watch all of, it as all of community's gone. Yeah, God, yeah. Um, what else has left? Something amazing left recently. Oh, freaking Hot Rod. A yeah. film that I watched basically weekly for years. Uh, <laughs> it just got taken well, off. Some things I get. It's like they're obviously looking at hard numbers and they're saying like... It, it doesn't perform. It's not worth paying to keep it on the service or keeping God, it fresh. I know, but then I look at stuff like legacy content, like The Office and like or Community and Full Seasons. Like, surely the There's audience no wants that kept around. Yeah, yeah. And to see, maybe it's just like they're just constantly trying to refresh it and put in new content and keeping down yeah. their bandwidth. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to do, but it is strange. Essentially, Killian, we completely agree with mm. you. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Done. How are we doing on time? don't care Doesn't got matter. one more bit of feedback bloody deal with it you can turn it <laughs> off anytime you like fuck off <laughs> Liam Byron this is titled weird obsession with movie okay <laughs> scarier You're than I think this ends up being way weird Hi guys as always thanks for the awesome work that you guys do nothing better than to listen to some DJ drag what Dale Joe Daniel Rory Alicia and Gav so keep up the good work uh, that does miss out Alex. <laughs> it should be DJ Drag. Yeah, DJ, DJ, DJ Drag. Drag. We provide the vowels in this setup. Or Dad Drag. Dad Drag. Dad Drag. That's like shit, Judge Dread. <laughs> That's like, That's like me saying to Judge Dread, isn't it? Dad Drag. You know when you see those um, Ethiopian movie posters? Oh, have you always. Ever seen those? Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you not seen them? <laughs> no. They're fucking hilarious. Okay. They're just handmade movie posters for real movies, but they always look mental. Brilliant. Um, I don't. I'm pretty sure it's specifically Ethiopia. I can't remember why that's a culture. Go look them up. They're amazing. <laughs> that's, I'm just imagining Dad Drag written on one of them. <laughs> I was wondering if any of you had ever had a weird obsession slash ritual with a movie, game, or series. Whether you just continuously quoted it, revisited it, or had any special viewing slash playing habits you would do every time. Last week, the 2006 classic Blood Diamond was mentioned, and it reminded me of my class's obsession with one Daniel Archer, Leo's character in the film. I'm from South Africa, so Leo's attempt at a South African accent became pretty much the funniest thing for my entire grade. <laughs> at any point in the day, you could probably hear someone dropping a line of dialogue in an over-the-top accent. If a substitute e a teacher asked for your name, Daniel Archer. Every day, the daily announcements would include a package for or some lost property belonging to 1D Archer. Most kids in school decorate lockers with sports slash movie stars they liked. Ours? Just pictures of Leo in a raggedy green vest. <laughs> Hundreds of pictures of him were printed up and stuck around the school. Think Gavin Pennywise, but on a school-wide level. <laughs> this all culminated during a school assembly. While the headmaster was talking, the stage curtains were drawn back to reveal a giant two-by-two-meter poster <laughs> of Leo's beautiful face. Any mention of Daniel Archer or Blood Diamond was promptly banned. <laughs> so that's how my grade got Leonardo DiCaprio banned from our school. Much love, Liam. So yeah. That's a weirder obsession than anything I've got. Yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like that story blows out of the water anything yeah. I've got. There's two things I can think of for the for the office in general, mm -hmm. for our office, I should say. And one is The Office, which me, Gav, Rory and Krupa specifically will almost 
talk in a language of the office quotes and it can be very passable to people going by that oh, not, yeah. we're not doing that well there are we're lots like, of times when I think that you're funny and then realise that you're not you're just stealing <laughs> no, it <thank laughs> look at me specifically no you're sort of a conduit for the boring office quotas oh, yeah. it's, it's very true it's absolutely it, it comes up it came up this morning as well even just like cadences you're not even saying the words they say in the show you're just saying it in the yeah. delivery that they yeah. say it and everyone knows uh, another one is uh, Popstar I think Popstar a lot did take over our office for a good few months yeah. like, even so much as if you go watch Gav's Transformers, what's it called? The Last Night Review? Yeah. There is a, I'll go and seek it out. There is a line in there that is direct reference to Popstar. Yeah. See if, see if anyone funny. can work it out. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, I, yeah, because he took it out and I made him put it back in the review. <laughs> yeah. But it's so, and I, I was Did doing anyone the- Did pick up on it in the comments? Well, I was doing the uh, video for the review did. and then I came across it and I just stopped it and I was like, is that a reference to Popstar? <laughs> and I was like, yes. Nice. It's so good. Um, what else is like obsession wise? This has never happened personally to me, but I know people like re this isn't friend of a friend. I know two people who used to wear suits to play cup finals in Football Manager. Nice. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. That's Which really is, cool. Like, that was pretty full on. Yeah. I can't think of anything like properly weird. Like I'm obsessed with the Rush Hour movies, as I've said many times on this podcast. And You're I not quote dressing them, up like Chris Tucker, though, are you? Could be. <laughs> uh, at home. <laughs> Privacy. Wait, hang on. I, I'm not going to spoil it, but I saw what your fancy dress, well, your Halloween costume is going to mm. be this year. And that is definitely an obsession with yeah. a certain game we may have mentioned once or twice. Possibly. There's definitely that. Um, I mean... Do we have rituals? No, we don't. Like, I mean, every time we play the Friday the 13th game, oh everyone goes, do that over the headset every single it's time. Constantly. <laughs> yeah. uh, there is that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. No. I used to watch The Jungle Book Ooh. four times a day when I was a kid. That's adorable. What about yeah. in Overwatch when we start a game, we all have to put oh, our boy sprays down. Boy spray is a definite ritual. And we now all have boy spray fridge magnets. We do. So does Jeff Kaplan. Spray the boys everywhere. Always spray a boy. Do you think of any obsessions? Uh, I mean, the only uh, he said about quotes, I constantly quote Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But, like, that's the only, only... And it's, to your detriment. No, it actually helped me get my boyfriend. Really? Yeah. <laughs> helped me get him? <laughs> I captured him. I'm trying to... I cast a spell on him. I don't know any Lord of the Rings quotes well enough to make a funny joke here, but I'm just imagining it was something like, Go out! <laughs> <laughs> Looks like meat's back on the menu. Oh, Wait, did you see him across the deck? <laughs> oh my god! I was going to do one, but it's nowhere near as good as That's that. That's fucking brilliant. No, that was not it. That was. Uh, was, it, was... Did you spot him across the dance floor and you just turned to your friends and went, fly, you fools? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was He was standing. We were at a protest and he was standing on like one of the big like metal boxes you get on the side of the road. Mm. Um, You're just, and, isn't this that Pepsi advert? Yeah, and I had to account Pepsi. Um, and <laughs> he, he was, was a policeman. <laughs> I don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking out over the crowd to try and find my friends. And uh, I just yelled up to him being like, John, what do your elf eyes see? And he turned around and he was like, Oh, she likes more He's than like, oh, you fucking nerd, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, well done, Lord of the Rings. Well done. <laughs> You've done something well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything I think else. I think that's it, mate. What, what a boring end to the podcast. Wrap Li it up. Liam's gazumped us with his Daniel Archer stories. Yeah. I would like to... There is that weirdness of hearing an accent that's not yours done 
Oh, sorry, that is yours done badly. Like, have you ever seen, um, what's he called? Charlie Hunnam? Can, no, or Charlie Hunnam doing fucking... Charlie Hunnam does all bad Ch- accents. Charlie all Hunnam can't, bad. can barely speak in an accent himself. <laughs> uh, I was just going to mention, um, there is a, oh, there's a film with Alan Rickman called Blow Dry, and it's handsome man who doesn't do films much anymore. Name them from the old days. Handsome man, Robert not, Redford. Not Ethan Hawke, that time zone. Oh, God. Oh, what's he called? I can't get Tom Cruise out of my head. Josh Hartnett. Oh, God, he it's, was awesome. Is Josh him. Hartnett trying to do a Yorkshire accent? Oh, God. Look it to up. To be fair, it's that's one a of, hard accent. It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> like, there was... I don't think you can find it anymore. I think it got taken down, but there's a compilation of him in the film Blow Dry trying to speak in a Yorkshire accent, and it is oh my God. astonishing. Oh, it's just amazing. Um, and yeah. also, yeah, Green Street's a very good one. For yeah, Charlie Green Street. Charlie doing a Cockney accent. He's a Geordie, isn't he? I think. He's a Geordie in real yeah. life. When he, uh, there's a there's a scene on the first day of the football season of the Premier League football season every year. I post the same short clip of him, which is him walking into a pub and going, "It's football time." Football time. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you want to tell us about weird obsessions with movies that are better than ours, mm. ign underscore uk feedback at ign.com. That is our email address. Tell it us is. about that. Tell us about Lord of the Rings quotes that made you fall in love. Tell us about, I don't know, Dale's you, huge games. Tell us if you like Glow, if you watched it. Don't tell us about Tell that. us if you like tell Spider-Man. Us. I really want to hear what I'd people love to, Spider-Man. Actually, yeah, Spider-Man will be out on July the 5th. And uh, it's already out, isn't it? It's already out, yeah. yeah. Is my, it ju- yeah, my friend's it's July the 7th today. Is it really? Yeah, yeah it came out last night. Yes, oh. newsman. Oh my God. That's not <laughs> yeah. news. Yeah, but it's, you should be, it's out now, it's you done. You should know the dates. I used to. I thought it was like... The 29th of June. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> uh, My rent's due. Yeah, I would like to hear people's opinions on Spider-Man because oh. I wonder if everyone agrees that it's the best Marvel film or whether we saw it in a very good screening, yeah. which, is, uh, which can change things. Yeah. It was a good screening. There was an eruption at there one point. So for much some, a great spontaneous story applause. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. That was, was such a cool moment. moment. Anyway, we're rambling now. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.